Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast where we interview leaders from around the world to inspire you and to ignite your leadership. This is your host Deepa Natarajan, that Indian girl from Toulouse in France. So today we're going to talk about what is reputation branding and we have with us Mary Henderson. Mary Henderson from Australia. She helps coaches, consultants and corporate professionals to commercialize their personal brand and stand out and become an authority in their niche or industry and build a sustainable and profitable business. So let's welcome Mary Henderson. Hi Deepa. How are you today? I'm great. <laughs> I'm in Melbourne. You're in France. We're in lockdown. We're fantastic. We're all good. <laughs> all right. Great. So I'm really curious and I really want to know what is reputation branding? This is a term I've never heard of before. And when you said you work with executives and senior managers, I said, I need to know what exactly is reputation branding? Well, this is the thing that a lot of senior executives in the corporate landscape, they actually hate the word personal branding and fair enough. And because it's it's so cliche and it's often associated with wanting to be famous. And a lot of executives have no interest in that side of branding. But reputation branding is very different because especially in the senior executive space, what we're looking at is how do you want to be perceived from the outside world in and more importantly, what legacy do you want to leave? So in reputation branding, think of it like reverse engineering the end result. This is the legacy I I want to leave. And then we have to come all the way back from the starting point. And there have to be specific attributes that need to play out so that that individual is creating essentially uh, their own brand signature. They're setting the stage of how they want to be perceived in the marketplace and also how they want to be remembered. And therefore, that means every step needs to be very well considered and also consistent. I think that's the key word. It's a lot about how am I perceived and what is the legacy that I want to leave behind? Well, a personal brand is 100% driven by heart and mission. So the same thing applies in reputation branding. It's no longer enough to sit behind a job title and a, a business card. It's actually meaningless. The currency is not there. The currency is in what I want to be known for and what I want to be remembered as. And I think we really need to understand the notion behind that because it is a whole different paradigm shift from my job description to my job job title to all of the moving parts that I would do in a day-to-day bit. Oh, and by the way, this is my business card and that's what I am. Nobody cares about the business card or the title. What people care about is what you want to be known for. What is your area of expertise or your genius zone and or what have you mastered and how do you want to be remembered as the person who created something in the industry or in the organization. Right. But why exactly is it important to care about reputation branding? Let's say I'm a senior executive in a company. I have great impact in my department and I'm producing results that my company expects out of me. So why is my reputation out there so important? When we're referring to reputation branding, we're also referring to that individual owning area which they want to specialize in. They want to be known as the go-to person, that particular specialization, because that's where the currency is deeper. You know, think about it like this. If you're going for a job interview for as a CFO or a COO, you can be guaranteed that there are another hundred people going for that exact same role. So what differentiates that CFO, a COO or CFO, and 
and this CFO or CEO, absolutely nothing as far as a title and the skill sets are concerned because to actually apply for that role, of course, you're going to have specific skill sets before you can even think about applying for that role. But what will differentiate you? The differentiator is that you've created a reputation around one specific specialization and you have built currency around that. Therefore, you are known in your industry as a specialist in that one area. So now you stand out from the crowd because you're not going in saying, I'm a CFO or a COO. You're saying, I'm a specialist, for example, in financial reporting. That's my speciality. And and I think that that's the currency that we're talking about under the banner of reputation branding. Right. And uh, that immediately takes me down to the next question, which is like, how can you create this currency? There's two sides to this coin. The first side is to really understand that when we're talking about reputation branding, it's no different than a corporate brand. Corporate branding has attributes. They have to be unpacked. They have to be expressed. There has to be a narrative that holds it all together, that glues it all together. Now, the same with reputation branding. The only difference is, is now we're looking at the human being. We're not looking at the corporation. However, both the corporation and the human being must collaborate and complement one another. Otherwise, it won't work. So when we look at a corporate brand and a reputation brand, we're looking at attributes, for example, the mission. What is the driving mission of that individual that's wanting to build a reputation around an area that they know for sure, for example? So this notion around uh, mission is not nicey-feely type of an idea. Every corporate brand has a mission statement. We know that. Or they have a mission because they started the business because there was a mission in mind. And it's the same thing with reputation branding. The second attribute that any individual in the world should understand and clarify are their values. Just as a corporate brand, you have to know your value. What values set my benchmark, for example. And that benchmark is really important. And I always say to my clients, always know your value. If you understand your values and that sets a benchmark, you will never attract client hell because you're aligned. If somebody's not aligning with you, they're not right for you. It's the same, you know, with employees, relationships, values are vitally important when it comes to building brand currency. The other thing is skill set. And this is when we look at a skill set, what we're actually looking at is the things the individual has, there's a pattern in their uh, employment history, in their skill set history. And when you look at that skill set, you need to find the area that you actually want to own as your specialization. And this is the part that we need to really focus on and pull out because this is where content strategy uh, wraps around your skill set. And it's really important for any executive that wants to build their reputation branding to understand what their specialization is and how to match that with their content strategy where they can actually show up on a social media platform like LinkedIn and start to create content that makes sense so that the industry now start recognizing the individual as a specialist in that one area and the go-to person. This is how you get keynote engagements. This is how you get podcast interviews because people see you as a specialist in that one area. The next part is the passion. Now, this is vitally important. And in corporate, it's even more important. And one of the reasons why passion plays a big role in reputation branding is because when your team can tap into your passion as a leader, what happens, Deepa? If, if you, let's just say that your passion was a, your cooking channel on YouTube. And every time I spoke to you about your YouTube cooking channel, what happens when people tap into your passion? You get 
get excited. You change, your demeanor changes, you're positive, your energy increases because you're talking about the thing you love so much. And more importantly, you're giving your team permission to tap into that passion. Because when you can stand in and when you can be in an environment amongst your team members and you are allowed to talk about your passion and your team are allowed to talk about their passion, what that does is that raises the vibration of that environment, which I think is vitally important. And another thing that's really important that ties all of this together is the story, is the narrative, the personal story. And we forget about this part. A lot of people go to corporate and they're like, I don't want anyone to know about my personal life. God forbid if that ever happened. But the story is where the magic is. And the story is is what I use when I'm meeting with a CEO. I never start a conversation by selling something, selling my services, or I'm here to talk to you about personal branding. It's the last thing I, in fact, I don't do it at all. I always start with the origin of my story. I want them to know why this mission is so important to me and where the origin of it started. And that for me is the most important aspect of storytelling, which falls under this notion of reputation brand. What ties it all together is that these individuals actually come from, they're totally driven by heart, 100% heart. This is not a linear type of an individual because linear thinking is really coming from a place of the head. It's ego driven. It's, I have to fit in the box. I've got to do the right thing. God forbid if I'm innovative and come up with ideas because that's not a part of my job description. These guys in some ways, the reputation, the guys that want to build reputation branding, they're disruptors in some way. So these are the things that really need to be considered considered when you're thinking about reputation branding. Wow, there's a whole story, there's a whole structure, and it looks like there's so much science behind this, and you've researched this so much. When I see people posting stuff on LinkedIn and being very consistent with their values, with their mission, you know, it automatically, you get attracted to these people and you start to follow them. And now that I hear you, I see that there's a structure behind it. So if I may just summarize, number one, be very clear on what is the mission of your organization and how are you connected to that mission? The second is what are the values of your organization and what are your own personal values and which ones do you want to actually tap into and bring out more outside and how are they aligned to your organizational values? Then I have become aware of your skill set and own it fully. That's your content strategy and be passionate and share your passion out there and don't hide that passion away. It's just not a job that you're doing because the more you connect with your passion, the more you give permission to others to connect with your passion. And last but not the least, show up as yourself completely. Bring your narrative, bring your story, bring your essence into the whole game. Absolutely. You nailed it. Absolutely right. And and you're right. It is a science. I actually have developed an entire algorithm around. So you're right. It actually is a science. You know, I've got a whole interactive tool that's been developed exclusively for the people that I work with, because that is how serious I take it. You can see that it's not just about showing up on LinkedIn, having a profile title and it's all, and that's your personal brand. That's such a 
minor part of this process. What we're talking here about is that this idea wraps around every communication touch point within an organization. Right. It's almost like understanding who are you, because as you go through this process, as you understand what is your narrative and how do you want to be seen, the impact that you want to create, the legacy that you want to leave behind, we're really digging into who are you and what is it that you want to leave behind. So it's almost like deep diving into yourself. I think that that's exactly my intention. And every person that goes through this process with me, you know, gets a deep sense of knowing. And my view deeper is that I don't want to work with the, you know, all of these personality tests that corporate people need to go through, unfortunately, and they get pigeonholed in a label. Okay, well, your score is 101. So you belong here and your color is yellow and all these shenanigans. For me, I'm not interested in boxing an individual. I want to unbox them and work with who they are in their natural state. So this process that I'm talking about, it's actually bringing to life the individual's natural state of being. When you're in your natural state of being, you're not going against the grain, you're working with the grain. And that's when things start to flow in life when you show up in your natural state. I need to be me. I need my gifts to play out every single day in order for Mary to be at the best version of herself there are things that I must do every day in order for me to show up like this interview in exactly with this demeanor and this level of energy. Right. And the one thing that gets in the way I can see is what if this part of me is not well accepted? What is it that I can say? What is it that I can't say out there? And this is exactly where our own personal values can at times come in conflict with our organization values or with the values of a lot of other people. And so people are sometimes over careful in what they're communicating out there and limiting themselves in a way in terms of bringing themselves out fully. So what's your advice for them? Yeah. Now this is a very interesting topic because in corporate, you know, and I come from, you know, pretty full on corporate and we have to be mindful here. So the thing is that let's just be logical. A C-suite executive, CEO, CFO, COO, you know, they are not going to show up on say a platform like LinkedIn and start talking about things that are juvenile, that don't match their corporate uh, persona, uh, that also don't add value to the organization that they work for. So showing up on LinkedIn, for example, and just talking about random things that don't actually add value to the organization is not what we're talking about here, okay? People can do that on Facebook and whatever, but on LinkedIn, which is a professional platform, there is an expectation as a C-suite executive that you will show up in alignment with the uh, corporate values and mission and things of that nature and make sure that you make the company proud. So what I'm saying here is that these attributes that I'm talking about, they have to show up every single day. If an executive decides, you know what, I have an opportunity to actually use a platform like LinkedIn to be seen, to be heard, to talk about my specialization. We have to understand that we're doing it in collaboration with the organization. This requires a strategy. It means that I have to sit with my senior management, my marketing team, really talk about designing a strategic and a deliberate content plan that that's going to make me look like a specialist 
but also elevate the company I work for. And so it's a two-way street here. So I'm making myself look incredibly smart and intelligent. I'm owning the space. I want people to know me as the go-to person, but I'm also acknowledging the company I work for. And I'm talking about my organization, but from the angle of my specialization. Fantastic. That just answers the question and it's brilliant. Excellent. Thank you so much. And so what are the things, what are some simple things that executives can do to actually start creating their own reputation? I think the first thing is to decide what do I want to be known because the title a CFO a COO you know a CMO it has zero currency and let's think about it like this uh, deeper we're in a situation in the world right now where things are shifting dramatically the way that we work is changing the way that we're learning is changing the way that we're collaborating is changing so therefore we have to understand that the title CFO also has to change. The title CMO, COO, CEO, they have to all change what they actually mean. So the point being is what do I want to be known for? What space, what piece of real estate am I going to own in this industry so that people can recognize me as the go-to person? We don't have to know everything. We just need to be masters of one craft and that's it. The currency is in that. It micro-influence or micro-niches, it doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs. It implies to corporate more profound than actually an entrepreneur. And I think we have to embrace that idea first and foremost, what is my specialization? What do I want to be known for? And start to own it and and promote it, um, you know, uh, horizontally within the organization and the industry. I like what you say, promoted horizontally within the organization and in industry. So how yes. do you promote it horizontally in the organization? Well, this is where when you're a specialist, then you own the power of the knowledge. And think about it like this, how many organizations right now are our project-driven organization. So if I am a specialist in my CFO role, I could potentially add value that my specialization can add value on a project horizontally over in this department that actually requires my input. Now I'm sharing my knowledge, not vertically with my team, but horizontally in another business unit, okay? So that's the point I'm trying to make. And horizontally in the industry means that I get invited to keynotes, uh, podcast interviews. I'm sharing my knowledge, my wisdom. I'm bringing value to the industry across multiple touch points, not just in my organization, not just in my business unit, and not just to my clients. Very simply said, and yet so hard, sorry, Mary, <laughs> but bring value to multiple touch points. What gets in the way for people to get out from that space of I know that I'm a specialist in this area and I have great impact in the place that I'm working to getting one's voice and being seen out there. We have to put our hand up. We've got, we're, it's up to us to be seen and heard. Look, 18 months ago, nobody knew who I was on LinkedIn. 18 months later, my following is growing at three, four, 500 even per day. You know, so now I have 50,000 people that follow me religiously. I mean, you know, the emails I get, honestly, I'm like a rock star, but I'm not. You know, the only reason why people follow me is because I'm having this type of conversation, exactly like what I'm having with you. I'm consistent. I put myself out there every single day 
day. I'm not waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder. By the way, Deepa, this is what I did in my corporate career. Back in 2000, when I was in the height of my corporate career in the tech industry, as you know, it's very male dominated still to this day. But as a female, I had to find a way to be seen and be heard. This is where I understood the power of personal branding. It started 20 years ago. And so the thing is that I didn't have social media back then. We didn't have SMS and in year 2000, it all just started. But I found a way to put myself out there, to put my hand up and say, I want to be interviewed with PR. I want to be interviewed on that magazine. You know, I want to be on that keynote. Uh, I want to, so I was constantly pushing myself and my specialization out there and I wanted people to know me as a problem solver. And the same thing today with LinkedIn. I'm on the platform edutaining. I'm giving education. I'm educating people around this idea of personal branding, reputation branding, how to commercialize personal branding. I stay in my lane. I'm very clear. I'm very consistent. But every single day, I'm putting myself out there. And I think the same applies with executives, senior executives. They have to put themselves out there. My motive right now is that my I am very fortunate deeper I have been able to merge the three loves of my life you know which is uh, personal branding building digital businesses and sales they're the three loves of my life I can do those with my eyes closed because that's my last 20 years of my life has been that bringing that together I can solve a major major problem for a lot of coaches consultants and senior executives my motivation is nothing other but to show people who they are in their natural state. That's a very, very important process because we are living in an age where we're all on the hamster wheel. Everyone wants to compete with the Joneses and no one really understands that actually there's a virus going on in our head, which is called competition. And we haven't actually figured out many people haven't taken the time out for self-reflection, for mindfulness, things of this nature. And what happens when you do, there's a shift in the gear. You suddenly start to see yourself in a completely different light. Fortunately, I did that for a whole year, literally locked myself up, didn't see the outside world because I had went on this, this incredible uh, journey. And what it taught me was that the natural state of a human being, the true self is really difficult to unravel because it takes a lot of time. My motivation is how can I actually get people to see that in the shortest time possible and set that stage so that they can actually do something with it that's not what they're currently doing. And that's my motivation. And I'm passionate about the human. I'm not passionate about going into an organization and showing them how to increase their bottom line by 50%. I'll leave that to somebody else. I'm passionate about building humans and showing them what they look like in their true state. Fantastic. So the first tip that I learned from Mary right now is this is a great period. This is the good side of this period is that we have a lot of time for self-reflection. So take the time to check in with yourself. What's important to me? Who do I want to share with the world outside? What is my purpose? What's my story? And how do I want to bring it out there? I think that makes sense. Totally. So what one tip can you give for people to actually start this process 
sooner because this is something we often push away you know it's there's such an easy easy way to do this you know i get people to do this all the time i said and it's a really interesting concept because you start to see the truth and for me my two values are truth and freedom so i live by these values everything for me has to come down to that and i get people to document for seven days you can do it for three everything that happens from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed i'm talking thoughts things that they eat, things that they think about in their head, people they interact with, all sorts of things that take place in a full day. And do it for seven days, but you can just do it for three to start off with because it actually is a commitment. You've got to carry a little notebook with you and you write down seven o'clock, I woke up, I thought of paying the bills. You know, I went to the shower, I thought I can't be bothered going to work. I was driving, argument with my partner, my kids I was screaming at. So what you start to see after seven days is Patterns, okay? You know this deeper. You come from a mathematical background. So patterns is how you diagnose a problem. That's the di- the diagnosis starts understanding and seeing patterns. When you can see patterns, that's the only time where you get that aha moment because you're like, oh my God, I thought about losing weight 32 times in seven days and I did nothing about it, okay? You know, it's black on white. You know, you'll start to see patterns on the things that you think about on the way to work, the things you think about in in the shower, the things you say to your partner or your children, to your team, you know, feelings, emotions that play out throughout the day. And suddenly you start to see, oh yeah. We have like a big internal mind sabotage going on all the time. Exactly. And so once you can gather all this information, you see patterns, that's to me the starting point of taking action. At that point, you would say to yourself, you know what? This is not me. I don't like this version of myself at all. And I need to go and find the true version of myself. And that requires stepping into the rabbit hole. You've got to go in that space to actually unpeel those layers that are false, that have been set by other people, and you've got to challenge those. And But you have to have, key word is courage, the courage to be able to do that, um, to get to that core bit, which is why I've done it when I'm taking people through my process. I do it in such a gentle way, but it's enough for people to go, oh my God, yes. But yeah, that, that would be my tip is see what you're really like in a three-day period and then ask yourself, do I like that? Fantastic. And you do have such a good structured approach and you have researched this out completely and helping so many people. So how do you help executives in organizations? So they can reach out to me and we can do a conversation over a Zoom call just to start the dialogue and see if you know I am what they're looking for. So maryhendersoncoaching.com slash apply. So you can book in directly into my schedule or uh, on LinkedIn, Mary Henderson Coaching. Uh, I've got the pink circle around my photograph. You can't miss me. Uh, send me a message and I'll be very, very happy to uh, respond. Excellent. It's been wonderful having you here with us today. And would you like to share one last message before we close the call? Just be happy, you know, live your life in complete truth and find who you truly are. Leave that legacy, bring your story to life. And I think that happiness, I'm 100% convinced that happiness has a direct connection to success. So that's what I'd like to leave. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. And if you did like the episode, please do go hit the like button on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. That will help us to be seen more and so that more people can listen to this episode and this podcast. We'll be back in two weeks time and until then stay cool.